Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Power Your Life, and I'm Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here. I want to send out just to everyone who needs just a smile. Sometimes we can't do that with faces covered. Actually, we can. People can see our smiles through our eyes. What's important is is to... Make sure that today you're being kind to yourself as well as kind to someone else. That makes a difference, and we all need that. And thinking about kindness, oftentimes many of us are going through caregiving and taking care of, it could be a family member or a friend, um, a child, whatever it is. Sometimes caregiving has very mixed emotions to it, and and it, it can also be very emotionally draining as well as inspiring. And we're going to talk about that so that you can figure out and help yourself or your friend or a neighbor or someone else who's who's a caregiver to help them go through that and thrive through the experience both during as well as after. And I have just the person today. I'm talking about Betty Wurzel, who's a talk show host, a former nurse, and an Alzheimer's caregiver. Her experience of caring long-term and losing both her husband and mother-in-law to Alzheimer's has led her to become the inspiring activist that she is today. As host of Chatting with Betsy, on Passionate World Talk Radio, Betsy continues to educate and advocate for Alzheimer awareness and shares her stories of what life is like after caregiving and how you can make the most of it. Welcome, Betsy. How are you? Hi, Dr. Joanne White. I am fine, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. Still recuperating from laryngitis, but well, I am more than for, happy to talk. <laughs> thank you for being here despite the laryngitis. I hope you're feeling better and you keep healing, which is important. And speaking of healing, I, you know, I know you what you've gone through because I've done I've gone through that with my mom, but but it's not easy at all, and and sometimes you feel alone in that whole process. So can you go first go back a little bit about what you were doing in nursing and and how and even how that has then helped you to in in your caregiving Sure I uh would like to say that I am also still a caregiver to my son 
a Josh who is 36 and has special needs. And I was always caregiving to somebody. I was a nurse, licensed practical nurse, for um, many years. My last job as a nurse, I worked in a state facility for the severely disabled, which I just loved. And I had to leave that due to uh, fibromyalgia and my eyesight. My nursing career helped me to have the patience, although as caregivers, we feel like we're never patient enough. But nothing prepared me in being a 24-7 caregiver. I did not know about Alzheimer's when my mother-in-law was diagnosed. I didn't know all that went with it. And I had to learn on my own. There wasn't the information highway like there is now. Caregivers now have the advantage of just going on YouTube, on Google, and joining groups. This wasn't available 18, 19 years ago. And I learned a lot with my mother-in-law. My dad also had dementia, but he lived too far away for me to take care of him. And my husband, Matt, was diagnosed in 2010 at the age of 56 with early onset Alzheimer's after a battle getting a proper diagnosis. He was misdiagnosed with depression, but depression is very common with the diagnosis of really any dementia. Uh, who wouldn't be depressed when you can't do your job, when you have difficulty navigating through your life? It, it has to be. You know, it's, it's very true about people like my mother didn't have Alzheimer's. She she, she had dementia because they differentiate that. But, but what you're talking about, the frustration and it's like you don't know, you know you're, you kind of know that you don't know and that things are so different, but that's so frustrating. And it can, it, it can lead, like you say, to a lot of emotional stuff. Um, now, you said, Betsy, that all of the knowledge and the information wasn't, you know, wasn't available. What did you do to get support, if anything, that you needed because you were kind of doing that solo? It was very difficult. I didn't have any support with my mother-in-law. I did go for some counseling, excuse me, (coughs) Um, at that time, caregiver post-traumatic stress was not recognized. I was told there's no such thing. Now it is recognized, (laughs) and I'm glad that it's recognized now. With uh, Matt, I did go for counseling. I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I was working at a preschool, and I was snapping at the children and didn't realize it until my boss 
called me aside and she said, Betsy, I have to cut your hours down. You need to get a grip on yourself. Um, you, you need to take time for you. I wasn't happy about how much she cut my hours down, but, you know, everything works out. And I went for counseling, and that really helped a lot. And I really want to recommend counseling for caregivers and getting support. I want people to know, Dr. Joanne, that you do not have to be strong 24-7. This is a myth. And I thought I had to be the superwoman. And when I wasn't getting to my expectations and myself, I would beat myself up. And I saw Matt was progressing, and I was not accepting it. I wasn't handling it. So I needed to go peel off my layers. And I had a great therapist this time. He was wonderful. And a good therapist, counselor, is worth your weight in gold. Um, And if you try a therapist or counselor and they don't fit what you need, then go for another one until you find someone. You know, know, like you said, too, there are are much there are more options today including counseling because I do that there are but there are more options today that you said Betsy that are you know some kind of support group or whatever to for for people that are also going through the same thing you know I I empathize with what you're going through I just want to share something because I remember when I was taking care of my mother there were times I would go to, to a, a movie theater late at night, sit in the back row, and cry my eyes out. I don't know why I chose a movie theater. I was there was, a, but it was just a. I just had all the emotions, which I'm sure, like you're talking about, that you had too, because there's that up and down cycle with it, and like you said, it, it, there's never a respite. It's it's a constancy. So the question is, um, what happens after? Because I know that when when I work with a lot of people, that they're they're always questioning whether they did enough, and also you were saying questioning that throughout. How did you get through that, and how did you come to terms that you did? Which is what I say to people: you did the best that you could. How do you get to that place, Betsy? I didn't have that problem with my mother-in-law because, of course, it's a different relationship than with my husband. I knew I did everything with my mother-in-law. With my husband, I did question because I felt, and I call it unjustifiable guilt, I felt guilty that I picked the wrong hospice. Our hospice experience for the home was a nightmare, and I let my feelings be known to the powers that be, that the way we were treated was totally unacceptable. So I did go, I'm still going for grief counseling, and I realized that it was not my fault, that I did everything for Matt, I knew Matt was dying. There was no question about that. I felt that the hospice did not listen to my concerns 
and I felt that Matt suffered more than what he should have. And that I felt guilty for, but then I had to let it, I, I learned to let it go because guilt is a energy drainer and it will chew you up and spit you out to meat grinder. You can only learn from your mistakes if you think you made a mistake and move on from it. The only thing I would have done again, I mean, I would do over again, would be to hire someone to have helped me with the hospice to research it for me. However, I didn't know about that resource last year. And this is why I'm telling people now, learn from my mistakes. I'm not perfect. I wasn't a perfect caregiver. There is no such person as a perfect caregiver. You do the best you can with the knowledge you have. And this is why I encourage people to tell your story so other people can learn. And I highly recommend hire someone to help you. Well, you know, not everybody has the finances to hire someone, especially to do the research. However, like, like now, again, what you mentioned earlier, Betsy, there are resources so that people could look online. You can even, like... To even take a look at at a particular hospice or or medical center or whatever, and get some sense of of how people see it or view it or or the treatment or whatever. So things hopefully are a little bit more advanced today in that regard. But it still doesn't account for the 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 tremendous pressure and and kind of suffering that you know, a caregiver can go through. It's not all, I mean, it's a long, and it could be a long journey. How long was it with your husband? Ten years. Wow. And that's a long, I mean, again, if you're caregiving, which you were, like 24-7, that's a long road. Yes. It's a hard journey. I was also working And it was just my son and I taking care of Matt. And it was tough. I had to learn, and I encourage this with all caregivers, you have to do self-care. It is not selfish. It is a matter of life and death. And, yes, you heard me right. It is a matter of life and death. And I'll tell you why, Dr. Joanne. The statistics of caregivers dying before their loved ones, is at an all-time high. It's at 60% now, from wow. 35%. And because stress is a killer, you have to take time for yourself. You don't have to go to a spa if you can't afford it. I didn't. I meditated. I went on YouTube. They have great meditations. And I did that. I listened to, I love John Denver music. And I would listen to that, and I'd go on a mentee mini vacation. In my mind, I was in the Rockies. I was on the beach and deep what breathing. Other kinds, what other kinds of techniques other than meditation did you use, utilize, and what are you suggesting to caregivers? Because I agree, self-care is, is critical in getting through it and and staying healthy. Find what something that... Uh, find something that you enjoy doing. 
uh, a hobby that you like, crocheting, knitting, even coloring in the adult or children's coloring book, they say is relaxing, reading a book, watching TV, taking a walk, connecting with nature, whatever brings you peace of mind. If you could get together with friends, that's great. Not everybody could do that. <laughs> well, it's also uh, hard yeah. when you're when you're caregiving for a person yeah. to, like you were 24-7 to be able to then socialize. Did you have any support, family support or other support from, from people that, that were able to help you a little bit or give, or, or give you some respite? Sometimes we just need even an hour or two away that we can do that, and that may not be accessible or available. Right. I had my son, Josh. He would watch his dad so I could go get my hair done or go to the mall if I wanted to. Uh, the support that I had, because I couldn't go to a physical support group where I live, I went on Facebook. Once I joined Facebook 2014, I went crazy joining support groups. And I joined a lot of them, and then I weeded out which ones I liked, which ones I didn't like. So if you can't go to a physical support group, I highly recommend you going on Facebook and looking for support groups because there's a lot. I actually had my own support group, hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement. You do not have to have a dementia. I have people in my group that just want to learn. They just want to educate themselves. I have past caregivers. I have you know, caregivers. You know, I think I think what you say, you're saying is important because I think people that need to have learned the information and and understand it and get more sense of what they're dealing with, and also when you're in a support group, you're getting some sense of camaraderie. People are sharing sometimes the similar problems and 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 ways that they've handled it that, that that can help another caregiver. So that is so critical and and so very important. Um, what did you learn yes. from? What did you something specific that you've learned, Betsy, from other caregivers? Wow, I learned a lot, Doctor Joanne. It is caregivers who are helping other caregivers. I learned about how to handle hallucinations. I learned that using a red plate will help Matt see the food better. I learned to break down the task. You know, if I couldn't shave and shower Matt all at, you know, in the morning or at night and break it down into different segments. I learned to do self-care, and I learned to speak up and share my story. I had a very a good friend, my first mentor, and I call it dementia land, was um, Marcia Berg. 
and she was going through her wife having early onset, and she would talk about the happy place, and I thought she was crazy. How can you be happy in Dementiaville? And I, I found out for myself, yes, you can be happy in Dementiaville. It's a mindset. You have to have a positive mindset and be determined. You're not going to let this disease destroy you. And I learned that. And and so now I'm sharing my experience. You know, that's people. so important to, to, like you said, to be able to have that that mindset of, you know, posit- positivity, going to get through it no matter what. And the support from other people that, you know, what you've learned and, and, and then in turn help others do the same and, and teach and whatever, you know, that, that that's so very incredible. What other suggestions do you have for caregivers that they can utilize and help not only themselves but also the the people or the person that they're that they're caregiving we have to be very careful to get out of our own way and concentrate on the our loved one with a lot of times dr joanne and it's very easy for a caregiver to have a pity party and if you want to have a pity party as my therapist told me, time it for 15 minutes and then yeah, pack that. it up. <laughs> uh, you know, we get to like, oh, they don't remember my birthday or anniversary or, you know, why celebrate? Well, you know what? You remember that it's your birthday or their birthday or anniversary. I celebrated. Celebrate life. Celebrate every holiday and occasion, but tailor it to your loved one. What do I mean by that? Bring the party to them. If your loved one can't go out to a restaurant, order order the food. Bring it home. Bring a balloon. I used to bring balloons home to Matt. I go, here, Matt, it's my birthday. <laughs> you know, tell me happy birthday. And and he would. Or he'd say, you know, it's your birthday. Or, it's, you know, our anniversary. And you you know, you don't go, if your loved one can go out, you don't go out during the very busy time or during the rush times. You go at a quieter time. And you have to take your loved one where they are at and set them up for success. Nobody wants to be set up for failure. So especially like, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up and holidays. So if your loved one can't handle being in a huge crowd, then you tell the host or hostess and say, listen, you know, my loved one has whatever dementia they have. They can't really take a lot of noise. I might have to go into another room. I might have to leave early. I just want to let you know that. You and know, right now with so, COVID, being, you know, right now with COVID being hard. in large or especially with someone with dementia, is, to me, is, is not recommended at all. I have a really important question because we're running out of time, and I want you to share with people soon like a little bit more about what you're doing and how they can get a hold of you. But So after the caregiving, because, you know, that, that to many people is firstly is – 
can be a void. You've been taking care of someone like twenty four seven, or and then and then there's nothing except the grief and the wondering. Like I said, from not just myself but other people, did I do enough? I, I should have done more. I could have done more, or whatever. What did you do? How did you handle that that time after? when your loved ones were no longer there and and the caregiving was done and there you were, Betsy? It was tough. It's still tough. I have my good uh, moments and I have times where I'm not so good and I, I like emotional. I, um, I had to come to terms with... I did the best that I could. And Matt knew that. Matt knew that I fought for him. And um, I did complain. They're being investigated. That's hard. Um, okay. I went through the proper channels. And right. it, it, I had to, you know, tell people, if you see an injustice, you have to speak up or it's going to keep happening to other people. But I go for grief counseling. The bereavement group from the hospice was canceled due to COVID. I was going through my uh, senior center for counseling, and it was for free. So I highly suggest if you're in the U.S., call your senior center. You can't go there because of COVID. Call them up. See if they offer free counseling. And I'm getting counseling over the phone. And I did ask myself, Dr. Duran, Who is Betsy? Who am I now? Right. What do I do? (laughs) Um, And then the social worker, and she's fantastic. She goes, well, Betsy, what do you like to do? So I told her. She goes, well, that's who you are. Just what you said, that's who you are. So how are you putting it together? How are you putting everything together now in terms of kind of being Betsy Wurzel? getting more into your own. How are you doing that? What are you doing to feel that? Are you being, well, right now with COVID, it's hard, but are you engaging more with people? Are you, you know, what, how are you shifting from that caregiver to taking care of Betsy in a different way, in a a new way? Well, I'm definitely focusing on self-care, One of the grateful things I'm thankful for was I was very depleted because of COVID. I was no longer working. So I had this time to rest and recoup and to focus on myself. And I rested a lot. I was exhausted. I went back to work a week after Matt died and I just was exhausted. It's interesting because when when we're going through it, sometimes we don't recognize the intensity of the exhaustion or the fatigue or whatever until, like you said, afterwards when Matt passed, and then suddenly you just feel this heaviness of of like fatigue and exhaustion that hits you because it's almost like you're now allowed to feel it where before you had to kind of keep it in place and check so you could do 
what you needed to do to take care of of him and and you know I'm talking just not just to you but to other people too it it's so important so I'm glad that you are taking care of yourself because again you know you are important and every caregiver out there is important and needs like you said to practice that self-care and make sure that they value themselves and also the journey because you know here's the other thing i mean i even despite the hard, the despite the difficulty are you what are your thoughts are you would you do it again are you glad that you had that opportunity uh yes i would take care of my husband all over again and i would you know would have hired someone to to help me navigate through you know the hospice like i said i have learned a new appreciation for life I enjoy life more. I want to enjoy life more. When this COVID, if it ever ends, <laughs> I'd like to go out and socialize. It'll be nice. I right? to go, yes, I want to go to a dance, and that was canceled. So can't do that. I hope once yeah. you know, once things start opening up, I can socialize more. I have a zest for life. I I want to tell caregivers, you made it through this journey. You have every right to enjoy your life and do not let people judge and criticize you. Don't even listen to them. They don't walk in your shoes. You have a right to enjoy life. And that's so important again, because like you said, it's, you were just refinding yourself and you know, who's Betsy, whatever. And I I also remember, that even though the experience was, was very difficult, feeling so grateful that I had that opportunity with my mother, that, it, you know, no matter how much responsibility and whatever falls on us, at the, you know, feeling good that we were able to get through it and help and help a loved one through that time, I think, is is so very, very special. Betsy, I'm so grateful for what you do and for also for the people that you are helping through this time, navigate this time, because you've been there and you've learned so much. So tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you and find out more about your – are you doing a caregiving group now? or? or? Yes, um, I still have the – Hashtag kick Alzheimer's ass movement group. It's a support group on Facebook. I have okay, my so podcast. Mm-hmm. I have my podcast chatting with Betsy, which is on all the podcast stations, Apple, Google, YouTube, Amazon music, iHeart, wherever you hear podcasts, you'll hear my show. And I'm also Available on my Facebook page, Betsy Wurzel, W-U-R-Z-E-L. You can contact me um, through my Facebook page. And I just want to help the caregiver. I want caregivers to know, Dr. Joanne, that they can survive this journey, can thrive in it, and they can come out the other side. But they have to have that mindset and that determination not to be destroyed by whatever disease your loved one has, don't give it to power. 
It doesn't deserve it. You know, that's a great that that's that's a great way to end this. That don't give the disease, don't give that the power. Um, because it's true. We and to also what you know, what you say, the determination and to recognize that we have more power than than we know. And during that time of caregiving we can like you say, we can get through it and get to the other side. I think that's beautiful, Betsy. And I think people need to hear that, especially now. Grief is up and a lot of people are going through difficult times. And you sharing your story is just so beautiful and valuable. So I thank you so much for you. I want you to get better. Well, thank you for having me on, Dr. Julian White. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And Betsy, take care of yourself and and take care of those people who you're helping because, again, they need that guidance and that support. And like you said, that's something that is invaluable. So thank you again. Have a great day, Betsy. You're welcome. You too. Thank you. Thanks. So think about what Betsy said because it's so important to recognize as she said, that you need to take care of yourself. And Betsy Wurzel, like everybody, we learn from from doing, and she had some support. But imagine what she had to go through with both t- taking care of her mother-in-law and then her her husband. It's like hardly getting a reprieve. And to I, I, I think some of the things that she emphasized are so critical to really do things that can help you get through it and and remind yourself that you're doing the best you can and don't let it beat you don't let it take power of you i love that what betsy wurzel said at the end you know don't let it have the power over you remember that that's so very important so speaking of power Think about whether you're a caregiver or just anyone, everyone. Think about how you can take those steps today to empower yourself. It doesn't have to be a large step, but something small that can help you feel good, that may even be able to shift your day and just allow you to feel better about who you are. If you want to get a hold of me, you can go to my short version, docwhite.org. Find out about more upcoming shows and also about my blog and how I can help you. Take care of yourself. As Betsy said, self-care is critical and key for a caregiver and also for all of us, especially now. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the Upbeat Show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.